Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show, and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show. Uh, I'm excited to have um, uh, someone I consider a revolutionary on the, uh, on the uh, show with me today. Uh, his name is Dr. Michael Cotton. He is uh, the uh, creator, founder, and developer of uh, Higher Brain Living, uh, and it is uh, literally changing lives. Uh, around the globe as we speak, uh, and we're going to talk about how that can affect you and how you will be able to uh, change your life uh, and empower your life and move yourself beyond your current situation and circumstances uh, by learning this uh, process of higher brain living. How are you, Doc? I am fabulous, Philip. Thank you. You are welcome. Uh, well, for the definition, uh, for the sake of definition, uh, what is higher brain living? Well, it is a very unique, one-of-a-kind technique that shifts energy from the lower stress brain into the higher brain. So there, it, it frees us from that stress and overwhelm that's characteristic of lower brain living. And as that energy builds in the higher brain, as there's literally a shift of energy into the highest part of the brain, we have an empowered state that we're able to bring to all areas of our life where we can create a new life. We can thrive, uh, let go of stress and overwhelm, experience more joy, more confidence, more uh, passion, the ability to grow and evolve uh, every day. And it's, it's not just a profound physiological change in the brain, which is a hallmark of the, of the system, of the technique, but higher brain living also, uh, the, the participants receive a, a methodology, a guidebook that is a step-by-step process of how to uh, apply that higher brain state, that empowered state, to all areas of your life and create a lifelong map towards uh, vertical personal growth. Uh, this is incredible. So this actually changes the neurobiology of the brain. So this is something that we were to go under a, uh, an, an FMIR, we'd actually be able to see uh, hot spots of, of, of change. Yes, and so so far we've we've done uh, several small scale studies with uh, EEG, uh, of, of which are showing exactly this. And we're gearing up for some larger scale studies. We we also have a uh, a study that's been approved by the uh, University of Iowa that's being set up right now. So a lot of exciting uh, research in in the pipeline. And can, can I can I just even explain that that whole brain bit in a sure. little more detail? What, what's sure, happening sure. There, Okay, so you you have, and I'm sure your listeners have heard, that we don't use all of our brain's potential, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of pretty common knowledge today. In fact, uh, there are a multitude of studies supporting this, everything from... Richard, uh, Dr. Richard Davidson, the University of Wisconsin, has an entire lab set up 
that's funded, that all they really do is measure high-end emotional states and, and states, high-end states of consciousness and how that correlates with, with what's happening in the brain, in the physical brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, 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 the a Department of Nuclear Medicine at the University of Pittsburgh has a, a researcher named, I'm sorry, at the University of Pennsylvania has a researcher named Andrew Newberg that's looking at this stuff. And he's, I know him he, well, yes. Yeah, okay, great. And he's, he's demonstrated how uh, that higher part of the brain, particularly the prefrontal cortex, which is the highest, most evolved part of the brain, is, is where we have to have energy in there. That part of the brain has to light up, metabolize, to create more clarity in our life, more confidence in our life, more purpose, more meaning. It's even the part of the brain that, that leads to the classical concept of, of enlightenment. And so uh, what, what we have as a system, and one of the challenges is, is that so many of, of the past techniques, I believe that different things are tapping into ways to get some energy into the brain, but they, they even often are very inconsistent or uh, the, the amplitude isn't very high. And so this, this system very consistently shifts energy into the higher part of the brain and be more confidence, more purpose, and to be able to bring that to their life, to literally to their occupations, to their relationships, to the physical body. And Let me jump in here for a second, Doc. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so what you're saying is, uh, so let's take someone who meditates uh, every day uh, and uh, reads, uh, you know, enlightening uh, books, or, or not even, it don't even have to be enlightening. It could just be, a, you know, someone who's a voracious uh, reader of you know and trying to grow themselves. Um, how does how does the old kind of traditional methodologies uh, of of brain stimulation of prefrontal cortex stimulation uh, differ from uh, higher brain uh, living uh, in terms of, of of energy? If you're already like say you're actively you know, uh, working your brain and meditating and, you know, trying to tap into that energy uh, in the first place. How does that, what's the differentiation there? Sure, and, and let me first say that I think all of those things are, are fantastic, and, and I, I hope a little later in the conversation we can even get to the point of how higher brain living helps to enhance or accelerate already existing productive modalities. I see a world at some point where higher brain living, this higher brain living system will be the hub, and then people can plug into that different spokes of meditation or yoga or these self-help techniques or mm-hmm. life coaching. And, and so we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but let, let, me, let me first answer your question in, in two parts. Let's take meditation, for instance, which, uh, again, I'm a proponent of. But here's the reality of it. I mentioned uh, Richard Davidson at the University of Wisconsin mm-hmm. and his uh, Waysman Laboratory there. Uh, it's full of, you know, with elevated states of consciousness and elevated emotional states. He was sought out by the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama wanted him to be able to measure in his most advanced Tibetan monks, his most advanced meditators, he wanted him to be able to measure changes in the brain when they were going into these deep and profound states of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so, so the Dalai Lama handpicked a group of, of these meditators that he believed were the ones that could really enact these advanced states of consciousness. 
and they brought them to the University of Wisconsin. And Richard Davidson in his lab, they, they set up a study, and they had them meditate until they were going into these deep and elevated states of consciousness, and they were measuring the changes that happened in, in the brain. Mm-hmm. And his findings were consistent with Andrew Newberg and other researchers. What consistently shows up is that the higher part of the brain, particularly the prefrontal cortex, lights up. It gets, it gets energy in it. And so the, the, the point there is that to have these high-end experiences, these high-end states of consciousness, high-end spiritual experiences, high-end states of confidence, it requires that energy build into that latent, untapped prefrontal cortex or part of the brain. So mm-hmm. that correlation has pretty well been established. Here's the, here's the rub, as they say. <laughs> the meditators that the, the Dalai Lama handpicked for inclusion into that study, the ones that he felt like would really be good examples of someone who could, who could get into these deep and profound states of consciousness, their average meditation practice, the average, was four hours per day for 30 years. Oh, my gosh. So, right. So, so we, we already... Okay. The obvious challenge in our modern world is that even though I'm a proponent of many of these techniques, such as meditation, it's just not realistic for the masses to get dramatic and profound transformational changes out of their their life from. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So this technique then, this process of higher brain living, um, does it repeatedly send energy? I assume we're talking about chi or, or, or you know, in, in terms of Eastern philosophy. I don't know what term we you, you might use here uh, in, in the Western, uh, but it looks like there's kind of a blend there, a meld of these uh, of, of these realities uh, or methodologies. Uh, but is there something where it's, there's a sustained release of energy uh, to yep. the prefrontal cortex? Uh, or is it um, uh, something that that over time? Uh, it's it's kind of both of those things. Uh, crescendos and grows over time. So here's here's what happens, Philip. Is, is that we we have heard? Okay, we, so we've established that there's this latent, untapped highest, most evolved part of the human brain. There's, there's a lot of a scientific agreement on that concept today. That mm-hmm. There's this part of our brain that's the newest evolved part of our brain that we just simply aren't realizing the potential of yet. And I'll talk more about why that is uh, a, a little later. But for now, suffice to say that there's this, there's this untapped potential in the higher human brain. Well, what else we, we know, and I'm sure that a lot of your, your uh, listeners are, are aware of this concept, is that there's also a latent energy source in the body, and that's what you were just referring to, uh, it, that, that has been given a variety of names for thousands of years and a variety of different practices, both East and West, wisdom traditions. It's been called everything from chi to chi to kundalini to subtle energy to prana, All of these these different names and these different terms, but what we know is that it exists and that it's in the body and and that it's it's latent. And we also know that it's associated with pathways in the body, that this dormant energy flows through 
certain energetic pathways, and those have been called a variety of things, from meridians and traditional Chinese metal, uh, medicine, rather, to canardi points and yoga, uh, etc. But that there are pathways in the body that are associated with, by whatever name, this latent energy source, and they've been understood across many cultures and, and many, many, for many centuries. And mm-hmm. what we've done is, is looked at these pathways from a, a scientific perspective, and, and it's now been shown, the research has now shown that these pathways are, are what's called piezoelectric. And what that term means is that when they are touched or compressed or stretched or moved in just the right way, they release energy. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a literal release of energy within these pathways. And so we, we have now revolutionized this understanding and, and cracked the code and found a way to powerfully and consistently cue these pathways in very specific sequences and ways gently that mobilize this dormant energy. And, it, and through this system, it directs it into the higher untapped part of the human brain. It increases metabolism in that prefrontal cortex. That, that higher brain literally starts to wake up to its potential. Now, this is amazing. So now, uh, do you actually, uh, uh, is there a touch involved in this, or how is this applied yes. uh, uh, in the little yes. sense? That's exactly right. It's a very gentle touch. A client that goes through the 22-step higher brain living program, for instance, will see a facilitator for 45-minute long sessions of which they'll lay down on, a, on usually a custom-made table, but for lack of a, a, a better term now, you can think of like a massage table mm-hmm. where they lay, they lay down on a table and these pathways are cued. Most of them are in the back parts of, of the body. A lot of them around the spinal system. I just mean that as an anatomical reference, not as a literally spinally. Mm-hmm. But the, these pathways are cued through a very specific, very precise sequence. That's the cueing, or the, when I say cueing, that's literally what I mean is a touch, where the facilitator is touching into these areas, but it's in a very precise way, in a very... That piezoelectric effect of those pathways is activated. They release energy. The energy goes to the higher brain, and, and, and what happens next is really the most amazing part of the whole thing, Philip, is that there, once that higher brain starts to get energy, it starts to create its own feedback mechanism to start to pump more energy up to itself. So it's, it's as if you just kind of nudge a little energy into there, and all of that wisdom and intelligence that's kind of laying latent starts to come online, and it says, wow, look, look at this potential. And it will then start circulating a, a, a a breath pattern, we call it a salutogenic breath, and it's this wave of breathing that starts to move through the body. It starts, it's like tip-to-tail breathing. It's, it's as if something is breathing you, not, not like you're even consciously taking deep breaths, but this, mm-hmm. this, this wave pattern is cycling through your body of this, of this breath as an automatic response once energy starts to get into the higher brain, and we've measured this with EEG. That's further promoting or pumping more energy into the higher brain. So now it's created created its own system to start to self-energize. And a little later, a few weeks into the process, a larger wave-like phenomenon where the body will move in a way, in a, in a primal wave pattern, 
that releases all of the lower brain stress and all of the lower brain junk so that energy can continue to, to go through those pathways and activate that higher brain. And the client then, the person receiving the care, the, the, the process, starts to feel more empowered, more confident, more clear, all of these things associated with that part of the brain. Fascinating. So now, uh, uh, here's the question. Is there such a thing as an overdose? I mean, because, I mean, do you do, you do higher brain living and then you stop your acupuncture or do you, uh, do, uh, can you do both? Or how do you manage all of that? Because if you're doing, you know, in yoga and all that, if you're doing all of these things to uh, create energy and to, and to move energy through these meridians and through these pathways, uh, is there such a thing as an overkill? No, and the reality is, is that higher brain living is a very, very complete system. And so that's kind of the, that's the primary vehicle that a lot of our clients come in and, and, and use for their personal growth and development. But a very fascinating thing starts happening through the process. When, what, what, if one part of this, through that 22-step program, when energy starts to build into that higher brain and we're starting to create more clarity, there's a formal process through, through the guidebook for being able to evaluate areas of your life from this higher brain perspective and to be able to take those areas and to take the change that you want to make and anchor the change into the higher brain. I'll talk more about this in a minute, but here's, here's the to answer your question. As people start to look at these areas of their life and they start to want they start to want to make change, not, oh, I have to make change, not, I have to, to do this, I have to get a new job, I have to change relationships, I, I have to start working out and eating better. It starts to become a want. It starts to become a craving to, to promote your growth and evolution. And so what's very common at that stage is that people will actually start seeking more, not less. People will decide they they want to start meditating more. They want to start taking yoga classes. They want to start doing these things that support them. And here's the cool thing is that when, when that higher brain is turned on, when the body is in that what we call a salutogenic response, when it's energizing itself, the nervous system is becoming more flexible and more available. And the things that you do then have a, a much more dramatic impact than if you're locked into kind of a lower brain stress type of response. Mm, so okay. you, you start getting more out of everything that's good for you. Mm, that's nice to hear. So uh, yeah. is this, what's, the, what's the age um, limit um, for this in terms of uh, 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 kids? Can kids do this? And what's the youngest? He, and, you know, I'm sure the oldest is the oldest of old. But, uh, you know, how, how young can you go with this? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I can, I can see that this would improve, you know, uh, learning, uh, you know, right, you know, anything academic. I think this would, you know, supercharge uh, a child. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, the, 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 pro, the protocol, the complete 22-step program is designed for adults. And, and because there are components in the upper end of it where, where people are applying this to all areas of their life, where they're discovering their life's purpose, things that, that a child just doesn't have the cognitive capacity for. But with that said, a lot of our facilitators see a lot of, of children, and what we do is they go uh, through a 
10-step program where they don't do those upper reaches of it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not mature enough for that yet. But what, what we have just an, a multitude of things. We've, we've even got uh, practitioners in, in one I'm just thinking of in New York, in fact, who's uh, been measuring brain waves of, of children that have had, uh, you know, ADHD diagnosis and, and different things like this and seeing just phenomenal uh, r- results in this way. But I think for, for kids, there's a, a huge uh, application of, of helping prune those pathways, you know, prepping that prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. uh, and getting it so that they don't get conditioned to that lower brain stress response as they go through life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, from from listening to this, I understand that I'm, I'm beginning to understand her, that this really is uh, a system that relieves uh, or eliminates the stress uh, of of life uh, in in terms of or, or in terms of uh, uh, you know not not having getting enough sleep and all the things that come with setting goals and trying to live a better life and sometimes falling short. Um, how does this work? How does uh, higher brain uh, living work with extreme levels of, of stress, such as post-traumatic stress disorder or depression or, or actually mental illness? Is that something that is, uh, this work is safe to work, uh, work with? Oh, it, ha- it has phenomenal uh, re- results in that domain. And one of the ways w- we have chosen to, to position this as a personal growth and development work as opposed to like a therapeutic type modality. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, we don't do any type of diagnosis or prognosis. People come in at whatever level they are, whether they are, you know, very broken with tremendous problems or whether they're already at the top of their game and just want to accelerate that. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, as they go through the process, it is incredibly common if a person has challenges, health challenges, mental, emotional challenges, it is incredibly common that as that higher brain is engaging and their life is changing, that all of those things just start to drop away. In fact, you asked about uh, PTSD and depression, and I've seen a multitude of clients come in with those diagnoses. I've always had a high uh, degree of psychologists and psychiatrists who were clients to mine and referred their uh, their patients into me. We also now have, uh, amongst our licensed facilitators, we have quite a few of them that are licensed psychologists and licensed clinical social workers uh, and uh, as well as psychiatrists that have learned the higher brain living protocol and just uh, seeing uh, enormous and amazing results. And there's a couple of studies in that domain. We're, we're even, uh, there's a state that have now approved higher brain living for uh, continuing education credits for their uh, psychologists and social workers, et cetera. Fantastic. I would love to see also if you would do a study with this uh, for people who have Alzheimer's. I think it would be fantastic to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to see that. Yep. Um, now, you are traveling uh, the country, traveling the world, actually, um, uh, looking for and training facilitators. Is that right? Uh, yes, we we have a, a training program. In fact, uh, higherbrainliving.com is where you can get all of that information. We have an event page and all of that where I do uh, 
live presentations where you can actually see uh, the process, see what happens in a client's body, the amazing what we call salutogenic response as energy builds in the higher brain. It's, it's profound and, and, and dramatic. I mean, your jaw drops seeing it. There's, there's even some video on our website. We've got much more going up here very soon. But, yeah, I do, I do presentations across the country. Some of my team also does uh, presentations across the country. Uh, I'll be in L.A. next month, in fact, and the dates and everything are on the website. So, yeah, we, we – uh, so there's kind of two paths there. One of them is for people seeking to be, uh, you know, a, a recipient, a client of Higher Brain Living. We have our facilitators listed on the website. There's about 180 uh, – trained and licensed facilitators in the country with, with centers open all, all over. And we are, uh, we will have another training and licensing program coming up, uh, this summer that, uh, that people can go through the process to become a higher brain living facilitator. A couple of different models for that. That's fantastic. Now you've got, you said you had, you have something coming up in February as well, is that right? In, yes. in Los, Los Angeles? It is. Fantastic. So people can go to the website. What's that website again? It's higherbrainliving.com. Excellent. They can get all the information they need. Now, how many people um, can attend? Is it open to the public or is it a... Uh, 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 introductory training, or how does that work? It, it, no, it is open to the public, but there's a registration page. Uh, it's it's free if they register before a certain date that's on the website. Okay. And it, it's two hours long, and it's it's uh, it's informational, but it's also very very exciting. Like I, I do a couple of demonstrations of it, and it's it is jaw dropping to really see what happens. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, you know, I've heard for you know, like I said, I, I, I've uh, interviewed you know people like Dr. Andrew Newberg and and, and neuroscientists and, and some and some brilliant minds in, in this field in this uh, domain for a number of years, and we all hear kind of the same thing, and that is, uh, you know, uh, there is a higher brain. Uh, we are wired for transcendence. Uh, we are still evolving. The human brain is not done yet, growing and evolving into its what you know into its final state, if there is such a thing. Um, what are your thoughts on why should we accelerate it? Well, this is oh, oh wonderful boy. Now this is a topic I love, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> I figured as much. Okay, let me throw it in Doc here and see why, see where he goes with this. <laughs> right. Uh, so, okay, let, let me let me just kind of give a a, a, a little quick. Uh, background on that kind of lower brain, higher brain thing that that's going on, and so the the, the concept is this: is that the the lower primitive brain, what I call the stress brain or the survival brain, that part of our brain has been in the species for longer than any other part of our brain, right? It's very mm -hmm. primitive, and it evolved in us at a time when the environment was predator rich, and so. Mm -hmm. What its job is, is to keep us from being eaten by tigers. That's what it was made for, right? That's what it's designed for. Mm -hmm. What it evolved for, to keep, to be able to stay hyper-vigilant in a predator-rich world. Now, what, what happens, what's happened through evolution is that the, the nature, you, what's already there, you can't really erase it, right? And nor do you necessarily want to. But what happens is that another layer gets laid down or built or evolved 
over the old layers. And so through time, through evolution, through history, you know, the story of our brain is one of these increasing layers. And along with those increasing layers comes increasing levels of consciousness. And so this lower primitive part of the brain, because it was first and because it's been there for probably a couple of million years, it is a very established and very resistant system. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it is, again, designed for a predator-rich environment, and all it really cares about is keeping us alive. Did we wake up alive tomorrow or th- today? If we woke up alive today, the lower brain says, that was successful. Let's Job go well through done. The world. Yep, let's go through the world doing that again. And so what mm-hmm. happened is that it's really, it's a simple system. It's, it's everything out there in the world is probably not safe, and I have to protect myself from it. And, 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 all, and it's doing that now in the modern world. All of that happens below the conscious threshold. Okay, so the first thing that comes in from your world, from your environment, from your life, comes into the unconscious part of the brain where it's trying to protect you. And, and what, what happens is that the complexities of our modern life simply overwhelm that system. It has no tools to deal with everything that's, that, that's going on. So it starts to interpret, you know, the sick kid, the mad husband, the traffic jam, the late plumber, uh, the bad economy, the, the job stress. All of that is interpreted as, as, as a thousand little tigers out there. Mm-hmm. And, what, mm-hmm. and, and so... When that happens, it, it, it's, it's whole, the metabolism is in that part of the brain, the energy, the blood flow is in that part of the brain. And this new highly evolved part of the brain that has now shown up, okay, this most recent layer, this prefrontal cortex and that part of the structure of which, by the way, the, the, the famous brain researcher Paul McLean refers to that prefrontal cortex as the angel lobes. The mm-hmm. part of the, the, those high-end human capacities for, for purpose and gratitude and spiritual connection, he refers to that as the angel lobe. So these angel lobes cannot get blood supply, cannot get metabolism, cannot get energy, while that lower brain is basically hijacking its potential. So what, what I believe is that that higher brain has evolved anatomically, right, the the structure is there, but it is not functionally active yet. And the, low, and the reason it, is, it hasn't become functionally active is because of the resilience and the resistance within that lower part of the brain and the complexity of the modern world that keeps it forever cycling into those lower brain patterns. And so I believe the reason to answer your question a long answer mm-hmm. to your question. The reason that we want to get energy into that higher brain is because that that is our it, it's now our birthright. That the structure's there, but we have yet to figure out a way to create a world that that stimulates that part of the brain, or to use that part of the brain to to create a new world in its own image because it's, it's not yet fully active. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I believe from an evolutionary perspective, we have the, the form, but it's not fully functional, and that that may be up to us 
to be able to to find the ways to energize that, get it online where it can start to then take over. And as, so this, I'm sorry, uh, go ahead. Yeah, as as a as a as a uh, doctor, as a as a human being, as a uh, and you know, revolutionary uh, person as a, as a futurist. Um, what what would be your account of humanity uh, if you know, let's say half the population um, manifested their highest level of brain potential using this system? How? You know, just kind of play along with this for a minute. How would the world? How would the world change uh, in terms of our evolution? You mean? You mean what would the world look like from that? Yeah. What do you think the world would look like from that perspective if everyone or half of the population increased their brain potential? You know, um, using yeah. this using this system. Yep. How would that affect the world in terms of, of, you know, looking at it now? Yeah, well, I don't, for one, I don't think it's going to take nearly half of the people because I think we will hit a tipping point far beyond that. If a, if a significant minority is able to energize that higher brain and live from that perspective, okay, which this process is also, that's also part of this process. If we're able to energize that higher brain and live from that perspective and really establish ourselves at that level, a significant minority will create a tipping point in a culture. This has actually happened previously, uh, not yet, not this level, but there have been several major epochal shifts throughout human history. And so what what is going to happen to me is, is nothing short of uh, heaven on earth, okay? It's, it's the ability, uh, each stage of brain development and each epoch of cultural development increases consciousness. And so we, we have a more, and, and compassion and gratitude and joy, and purpose, and so our our system, our our culture shifts away from what I believe still has a lot of uh, a, a lot of underpinnings of, of lower brain uh, activity. That mm-hmm. a lot of what's happening, you know, even when we apply rational thought, and that there's still this underlying lower brain strategy that's direct redirecting things. Uh, back in certain ways, and they're survivalistic. And so what I think that the new culture creates or this new brain energy creates, first and foremost, is that the, the fundamental way people live their lives is is through the promotion of their own evolution, that that personal evolution becomes built into the culture. And mm-hmm. that, that's, a, that's a hallmark of, of corporations, of politics, of financial institutions, that we are able to expand this care and compassion for everyone and simultaneously promote this upward vertical movement of humanity. Mm-hmm. I, I believe humanity is a, is a work in progress, where you, you mentioned that earlier, and I fully believe that. We're, we're not done. 
Yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, there, there are some futurists uh, that say that, you know, we would probably be unrecognizable to ourselves, you know, uh, yeah. a thousand yeah. years from now, you know. So right. that's fascinating. That's fascinating to me. Um, uh, now, let, let's, let's go back to, let's go, uh, as the old saying goes, let's go back to the future. How did you <laughs> get started in this and get so excited at it? Uh, and get so damn good at it. Well, I, I guess that I had. Huh, well, let's let's do go back to the future. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, um, I've had what I would call a three-decade obsessive search and study of human potential. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it put me on a path. I actually my, myself personally had a very profound transformation in my life in my um, mid twenties, where I had basically uh, stumbled through life as a uh, just a, a kid that had been stressed out, fearful. I, I had what I considered a good home and good parents, but for whatever reason, I lived my life with migraine headaches and stress and fear, and I bumbled my way through high school. I decided to go to college uh, just simply because my parents told me that's what I was supposed to do with no clue as to why I was there. I went to college when I was 18 years old. I, within a year, was academically ineligible with a .57 GPA. Yes, you heard that right. That was a .57 GPA. Wow. (laughs) And so they threw me out of the college and told me not to come back. And I fumbled around with minimum wage jobs for two or three years, and, and I was I was working in at some point in my uh, 20s in a a steel aluminum fabrication shop. It was a family-owned business, and I was standing there, and they're covered in grease. And I and something inside of me just just changed, and I can't exactly explain it. But there was this this surge of of confidence, of clarity, of knowing, and I knew at that moment that I was going to change my life. And it was and there was no no and ifs or buts about it, as they say. It was it was crystal clear that I was going to, to change my life. And I, I I left there and I uh, started making phone calls. I started talking to people. I had had a good experience with the chiropractor in the past, and I just started looking for what was I going to do, and I like liked the idea of, of that type of natural healing. And, I mean, literally overnight, and I, I finally found a college that would accept me. I started doing undergraduate work. I started acing that. I, I started taking all of the sciences I needed to get into the chiropractic college. I... I uh, I aced all of those. I, I uh, got admitted into the chiropractic uh, college, and I got a four-year postdoctoral degree in, in three years, graduated on the national dean's list. And so I just say all of these things because that was that was part of what – and all the while, it was like, what what made that happen in me? How did that happen mm-hmm. in me? And, I, and, and what I know now is that the, the higher brain – 
engaged. The higher, for whatever reason, the higher brain got energy and, and, and it shifted me in a different direction and, and it focused me in a different way. And, and so I continued this obsessive uh, study of this. And, and what, what I found was that, and I knew chiropractic was a stepping stone, you know, and I, I moved from there into a, a kind of a quasi-chiropractic technique called network chiropractic that I learned different things in and continued to just study this whole human potential movement, mm-hmm. just obsessively studying it. And, I, and I, I found all of this data dating back, you know, thousands of years ago of, of these transformative uh, events and happenings in people. But, consistent, but, but the, consistently, there was no consistency, okay? And so, so p- people were having these changes, but it seemed like nobody knew why or nobody knew how. And, and I finally hit on it that it was that the missing link was energy in that highest, most evolved part of the brain, that that highest, most evolved part of the brain was what had to engage, what had to get energy, and, and, and that was almost not happening in anything that I, that I looked at or, or could see. And it was, I, as I studied this stuff and I did the research and I found this, this glaring problem in the whole self-help industry mm-hmm. that so often, you know, people read the books, tried the techniques, did all of the things, but then, but then there was they're, they're like a month later, six months later, their life was exactly the same or often worse. Mm-hmm. And, and I know why that is now. And I, it, it, that, that lower primitive brain, Philip, it, one, of the, we, one of the things that I like to say is to that lower brain, sameness equals safety. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that concept, that's a really important concept to understand because that, that lower brain, remember, all it wants is for you to wake up alive. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, it feels successful. Mm-hmm. So, if, it, it, so if you're in a, a bad relationship, if you have a miserable job, if your finances are a disaster, if, uh, if your life is miserable but you wake up alive, the lower brain says, hey, whatever we've been doing is perfect. Let's mm. do it again. Well, okay, because because it's the biological imperative is for survival, it, and so that's all that it's concerned with. And uh, imagine, uh, let's say, you know, whatever, twenty thousand years ago, thirty thousand years ago, uh, you yeah, a person comes out of a cave, and it's they're in they're in this cave with their clan, their small tribe of, of family members, and it's their turn to go gather food. Mm-hmm. And you know, right, the environment is predator-rich, and the lower brain evolved to protect you from that. So you go out of this cave, and you start to – there's two paths. There's one that goes left, and there's – no, there's five paths, okay? And you go on the furthest one that goes to the left. And so you go down this path to the left, and you get about 10 feet down it, and tigers, saber-toothed tigers – I don't know if there were saber-toothed tigers at that time, but anyway, tigers come up over the ridge – and what do you do? You turn around, you run as fast as you can, you dive back in that cave, you wait till the next day, you're starving, you know you've got to go out there. You step out of the cave, you sure don't turn left, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you, 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 don't, you take the farthest of those five paths away, you turn the farthest right you can turn, and you start going down that path. And going down that path, 
your feet, it wasn't as smooth as that first path where the tigers were, but your feet, so on this new path, your feet start getting cut up with rocks. It's, it's terribly ro- rocky, heavily, and it's very uncomfortable on your feet, but you keep going. There's no tigers. You look around, there's no tigers. Pretty soon you're walking through these briars that you have to go through because you know there's berries on the, on the other side of this clearing, and you go through these briars, and they're cutting your body up, but there's no tigers. You can see around, and, there's no, and, and nothing's coming after you. So you keep pushing through these briars, and now your body's beating, bleeding. You get to this mucky swamp. You walk through this mucky swamp. It's all stuck all over your body. You get to the other side of this, and you start, and you find these half-eaten, half-rotten, uh, these half-rotten berries, and you take them to eat a few. You gather them up, a, a bunch of them, and you take them back. And, and so when you come back, which way do you come? You come right back the same path where there weren't any tigers, mm-hmm. cut your body up going the other way, bruise your feet up, get back to the cave. But when it's your turn to gather food again, which way do you think you're going to go? Absolutely. This is, this is fantastic. So there's an actual duality that we're, fi- we're fighting with our brains, the, the higher part of our brain versus our lower part of our brain. That's right. We, we hit and miss it sometimes, and, and you know, uh, the, I guess the term of that would be called flow, um, is that, you know, when we, when we are, uh, when our prefrontal cortex is, is energized and, Everything is going well. I can I, I can uh, uh, approach this as, as 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 a writer. So when I'm writing and everything is flowing, I'm there in the spot. But of course, that's not a sustained uh, uh, spot or place. Uh, right. As as whereas your work makes it a sustained uh, place. It's a new place that I start to be able to live on a regular basis and access on a regular basis, as opposed to going back and forth uh, every day with this duality between my reptilian brain. In my higher, uh, higher evolved brain. How, how does that sound? That sounds beautiful, Philip. Will you, will you come uh, open my next talk? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tip me with a taste of nothing, honey. Once again, though, you know, let everybody know uh, where they can. Uh, how many of these are you going to do? Or are you, you going to do like a? How many cities are you planning on doing in, uh, this year? Uh, the, the presentations, uh, r- right now we have L.A. in February. I'm in uh, New York City in March. Some of uh, my, uh, my uh, team presenters, the national presenters, will be in uh, Dallas, Texas. I'm thinking of what's on the website right now. I believe Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, possibly uh, Minneapolis. They're listed on the site, and we will have more coming up, too. They'll also be in Chicago and probably San Diego this year. Fantastic. Well, we're behind you 100% here on the PM Show. Give us that address again so that people can uh, go and change their lives and create a higher brain. Higherbrainliving.com. Higherbrainliving.com. Dr. Michael Cotton, thank you so much. I'd love to have you come back on the show and talk about more of the successful work that you're doing uh, and just new insights and research that uh, has come up. I would love to do it, Philip. Awesome, my friend. 